Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I came from a family of computer people, but I tell you, I didn't just fall into it. I had a sign on my wall that said, I do not like computers, you know, no computer talk in my room. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Christchurch, New Zealand. So exciting to be celebrating women in tech in such an innovative city, full of art, of passion, of spirit. And I have Claire with me, who is equally trying to save the world or save one bird at a time. That's right. Claire, go ahead and formally introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about what you do in the tech world. Hi, um, I'm Claire and I'm a software developer, but I've done a lot of different things. I've done test automation consultancy and game development. But at the moment, I'm working as a software developer with a startup. It's really fun. We've got just four people on the project. Every week we get together and we're trying to build a AI trap to kill pests that are killing New Zealand's native birds and taking away our bird song. I didn't even know that that was an issue. Yeah, well, it's a big issue because before people came, there were there were no pests in New Zealand. There was there were no mammals at right. all. So there were no rats and no possums and basically I, I heard about your possums. You guys have possum traps everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and and so how are you utilizing technology to handle the pest problem that are attacking the birds? So basically what um, DOC, our Department of Conservation, are doing out there, a lot of their, their traps are quite old. And what we're trying to do is get um, thermal cameras onto the traps so that we can start saying, hey, this is a possum, this is a cat, this is a bird, let's let's." humanely destroy the possum but leave the birds alone right right and um it's also has an amazing advantage that we can have one trap that um, targets multiple different pests whereas at the moment you get ferret and um, rat traps and they're different to possum traps and yeah and also hopefully we can uh, make sure that there isn't any bi kill in the process and no totally get hurt or, or dogs or anything when do you remember first falling in love with technology um, it was kind of a funny journey for me because I grew up with technology. My mom was into it. My dad was into it. When I was at high school, I learned to program. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's not, you know. Yeah. They talk about the dinner table and then I learned and I was like, oh, that's, that's okay, but I'm going to go and do this other cool stuff. And then when I finished university, um, I did a maths degree. I came out and I guess 
I didn't want to go into that that highly structured university world and I went out and got a job in technology and I just love the fact that it's you know you use your mind you talk to people and it's just a really good job quite flexible as well um, I've been all around the world uh, tell me tell me more about it well actually we did our OE and, and we chose to go to Sweden and at that time I went and worked for a gaming company and what's OE Oh, overseas experience. So. What is that? It, oh, yeah, I forget. This is a Kiwi thing. So what we tend to do in here is sometime before we're 30, go and work in another country because we're so far away from um, Europe. And that. I didn't even know that that was part of the culture to go work in another country for a year. Oh, yeah, for a year or more. Um, quite often people do it before they go to university, mm-hmm. but, but we did ours as, as professionals. So that's different than a gap year. Yeah, I guess it, it's, a, it's sort of similar, but we often take out a bit later, maybe after we've done some study or some work. And what, what did you do during your, your overseas experience year? Well, actually, I'd worked in um, tech for five years and I was a little bit burnt out. So I started off as a kayak instructor. Nice. Yeah. And then um, I worked for Dice, which is one of the big gaming industries. That was amazing because it was at a time when they were moving from second generation games to third generation games and and the companies were expanding and they were learning how to talk to more bigger teams, work with bigger teams. How did you learn how to code? Out of a book at home. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So overwhelming. What book do you remember? Uh, It was Turbo Pascal. Wow. Yeah, I guess I was a lucky person because... um, Because you're really smart and you were able to learn from a book. (laughs) Yeah, like my brain just works like that. Um, Yeah. And who gave you this book? Oh, I was lying at home. I live... (laughs) I came from a family of, of, of... computer people but I tell you I didn't just fall into it I had a sign on my wall that said I do not like computers you know no computer talk in my room oh because it was almost rebelling because your whole family was into computers that was it and then I ended up in the industry but what I've really found out is you know there's there's coding and then there's talking to the clients and being being able to walk both of those worlds is is just there's not many people who can do that so you don't have to be good at both bits, you know, you don't have to be the best, just right. being able to talk to people and yeah. And, bit. and what about coding really excites you? When did you switch from having that sign on your door saying, <laughs> get the computer away from me to, oh my gosh, I can't live without my computer. <laughs> I can live without my computer for a short time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's just that, you know, when you've got a a problem and you want to solve it and you want to get it done, um, I'm really excited about AI and and where that's going to take us at the moment. Um, So I did did a course on that. And, yeah, I'm I'm also excited about teams and how they work together on a project. What about AI attracted you? I guess it was just sometimes you – I was a bit lost for a wee while, you know, not knowing when my next bit of my career went. I felt like I, my career was going really well. I was working with some good people and then they all left and I kind of felt a bit like, what's going on? Yeah. And then, um, and I just, I guess AI sort of, it felt like all the different strands in my life coming back together, the mathematics and it just, yeah, it just was cool. And then I started working on it and and it's a challenging problem. I guess it's a challenging problem. And how long have you worked in tech now? Oh, about 15 years. Yeah, quite a while. What would you give, what advice would you give 
yourself when you first started out about how to accelerate in the world of technology? I think to be always learning and yeah, I mean, like I said, I was in a really good place. I thought I had it all sorted. I was doing my own thing, contracting, and then suddenly I just things changed and it wasn't working for me yeah. so well. And but I've just kept learning and kept kept looking for a new opportunity. Um, and I think also the people you work with are, are really important. Yeah, um, some will really support you, and and some won't especially as you start rising through technology one of the things I learned from my mentor recently and I really like it and it's so simple but it's really effective I'm finding is she tells me to get curious more meaning when I'm managing instead of just making assumptions or I know it's different than uh, our coding conversation but just the idea of um, just learning something that you wish you could have applied before. Like when I'm managing and maybe I don't understand something or I'm making an assumption of why someone's doing something or I'm making an assumption of how something functions or, um, she just says, just stop and get curious. Like, don't, don't make assumptions. Don't judge. Don't decide the outcome. Like just get curious, ask a lot of questions. Oh, totally. Actually, you've just reminded me when another time when my career was, you know, it was at a crossroads. I started looking at communication and I read um, Crucial Communications and there's another book. Sorry, I can't remember. Crucial Communication? I haven't heard of that one. Crucial Conversations. Oh, Crucial Conversations. And I just, I was amazed by it. And then I saw also how it could apply to technology because it wasn't about being an extrovert. It was about improving your communication skills so that you know people really felt that you that you were listening and they felt that they could trust you and and that it was safe to, to say what they really meant um so that's that's a real tip and and I think our industry has a long way to go with actually empowering people with, because we moved into this agile team environment but we didn't necessarily move um, train people in the skills that they needed. Yeah, you know, they, we train them in the methodology, but not not necessarily in the skills. So, so that's a bit of a passion of mine as well. Um, I, I tell everyone, you know, if you want to improve, if you want to go up in technology, yeah, improve your communication skills, and, and it works for your family as well. Okay, amen. <laughs> and then, where is your company now, and where do you want to see it go in the next year? So at the moment we've just um, we've got a few prototypes. Um, we've just got the AI going, and we've got a turret that. So we're going to kind of shoot the piss with um, poison pellets, but at the moment that bit's not. It's going through approval. So we're in the um, sort of working prototype phase, and I guess we want to take that to a more robust product. And how large is your team? Um, the team is four. With a lot, we've got a really cool model with it being open source, so we have a lot of helpers as well. Yeah, because it's something that a lot of Kiwis can get. Uh, Kiwis being New Zealanders can yeah. get behind. Um, I'm really excited. I haven't been working with this team for that long, but um, when I joined it, I just felt like yeah. this is what I really wanted to do, and that's really driving me at the moment. Having found um, something I can get behind, and and how I I love asking this question. How do you balance being um, a present mother and a driven leader? Oh, I mean, that's tricky. I think everyone's balancing it. I chose to, a while back, before I actually had kids, I chose to 
get in a position where I could work three days a week. And I did that. Um, that was also about contributing to the um, community. And I did a little bit of bike advocacy work as, as right. well when um, after the earthquakes. And I'm still, I've sort of decided in my head for the next wee while, you know, three or five years, that so I'm going to try and keep doing that. Um, and then after that, I will have a, another opportunity to really, you know, drive something through. But at the same time, I'm still contributing and all through through having my children, I, I keep working. And I think that just keeping in has, has really been great. I think you guys having New Zealand, having a prime minister who's pregnant and um, being a leader is really inspiring. Like the, I was talking um, earlier to someone about this, that this whole show exists to show everyone what's possible. And I feel that she's showing an example of being a leader and, um, and being a mother at the same time. And I, it's important for all of us, male, female, alien to see what is possible because without it's, I always think of that story, the five minute mile or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? And nobody, nobody ran it. And then one year, one guy ran it. And then a ton, like tons of people ran it the following year. And it was all this just like limiting belief system. Once they saw one guy can do it, they're like, oh, I can too. And so that's why the Women in Tech podcast exists. And I think it's important to share the stories about that you can be uh, a mother, that you can be a partner and you can be a driven leader. You can literally have it all. But it's about inventing your life in the way that makes sense for you. And that's different for each person. Right. I think so. And and so I still fight against it. I'm still kind of like, I want to be more in my career, but yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to look at the big picture of my life, which is at the moment, you know, I'm doing something valuable and interesting and keeping, keeping my mind in a good place. Right. But you know, the time will come when, when my kids won't be small and, and I won't want so much time with them or they yeah. won't want so much time with yeah. me. So yeah, but but I do fight it as well. It's not like I'm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great, you know. Dandy. Yeah. <laughs> and and you really, if you if you want to go that part time route, I mean, a lot of people can't afford to. You've really got to fight for it. You've got to, you know, find the right company. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, fight for it. Don't drop out. Even, yeah. Even if you're doing voluntary work or something, just just keeping it in there so that when you're ready to go back, you've got the confidence to say. I can still do this. Yeah. yeah. I'd love people to walk away listening to this episode feeling like they can create their own lives. Like whatever, whatever that is for each person. Yeah. And it's different for all of us, but we can create it. Yes. I mean, I'm in New Zealand right now sitting with you interviewing women in technology. I fucking created this. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> so we could create our lives. How would you share with someone who wants to get involved in programming today? How, how would you suggest is the most steady path to immerse themselves into the world of coding? Oh, that's a tricky question. Um, I think the one thing you need or could do with is someone who can help you when you're stuck. Yeah. You know, you might be able to find that online, um, posting to forums, I mean, you can go to university, that's one, yeah. one path, but there's amazing courses online and programming is so much about what you can do. Yeah. So find find your 
crew find your your mentor or mentors or or just a crew who can yeah. help you solve that problem um and start you know demonstrate what you can do yeah and keep fighting keep fighting for you know what you want to do <laughs> i love it how can people connect with you um I guess LinkedIn's the best, Claire uh, Claire McLennan. Can you spell it for everybody? Uh, um, C-L-A-R-E-M-C-L-E-N-N-A-N. Perfect. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. And, you know, schedule, we were trying to get together all day, so I really appreciate. I know how you New Zealand people are. You're like toward the afternoon time to like prioritize life <laughs> I'm still getting used to that like no there's no more work now I'm like what do you mean it's only 505 <laughs> grocery stores are closed what do you mean the grocery store is closed <laughs> um no the grocery store but it does close at eight here I don't understand or something really early I'm like used to my 24-hour grocery store <laughs> my on-demand life with my delivery of my car wash and <laughs> all the other <laughs> mobile app perks I have in Los Angeles <laughs> Delivery of groceries. At my, I think my roommate even gets a kick out of how much I use mobile apps for on-demand <laughs> services. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you being flexible and making time this afternoon and sharing your story. Uh, it's been super great. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? Uh, I just think that, you know, we need more women in tech. Um, we're the people who bring, bring people together. And, you know, there's a lot of programmers out there and they sit in the ones that you know the programmers that have done it since they were small and yeah and you know that make women feel like oh my god I'll never learn that they started somewhere it's just they started a long time ago yeah but you know and aside from those people we need we need women we need collaborators so you yeah, just do it amazing thank you I will talk to you guys hear you guys see you guys in the next episode remember you could connect with so many more extraordinary women in tech on the women in tech Facebook group women in tech VIP.com and make sure to say hello on the socials Twitter Facebook Instagram at women in tech show bye traveling New Zealand featuring and celebrating amazing women in tech all across the North Island and South Island I came across James with werewolf and man was he helpful in connecting me to the women in tech community in order to enable me to empower these incredible women to move forward so just passionate about women in tech my name is James Burns I'm chief marketing officer at werewolf the app for venture tourism operators I've had the pleasure of working for a lot of really smart women and uh, both in tech and outside of tech and it's just generally been my experience over the last 20 years that there's not nearly enough women's voices in leadership roles in, in tech companies and so I just think it's important that we have that sort of voice uh, myself I have two young daughters who today are four and six and I want to make sure that when they get to an age where they're ready to start their first company that they have all the opportunity and support that they need. Werewolf makes it easy for adventure tourism operators, everything from skydiving companies and bungee operators to jet boating and rafting companies to go paperless, to handle the guests from arrival all the way through departure, um, check them in through a really beautiful custom-branded iPad app, ask them a lot of key questions, take that data, build a customer marketing database. Werewolf was recognized by Deloitte in their Fast 50 awards for this year as the rising star one to watch. And as we move to the United States, it's really important that we continue to capitalize on the kind of growth that we've experienced over the last three years. And we're doubling, tripling the size of the company annually. Queenstown is the adventure capital of the world. Right, we have 150 plus adventure tourism operators just within a 10 minute drive of where we're sitting right now. Any activity you can think of you'd want to do, you can do it. Bungee jumping was invented here. 
jet boating was invented here. I mean, there's so much that happens here. There's so much innovation around the adventure topic that we're really primed well to leverage that. And that's no better place for us to be based. Be sure to explore more about Werewolf at GetWerewolf.com. That's G-E-T-W-H-E-R-E-W-O-L-F.com. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.